Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. Interested in talking about the Enneagram? The Enneagram. 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 The Enneagram. The Enneagram. You got it. Interested in learning more about the Enneagram. Space Court. Space Court. We invite you to join us as we learn about the Enneagram. This is the second part of a two-part series about the Enneagram. Your hostess on this voyage is Enneagram 8, Rachel. Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising. Can you touch more on some of the benefits of knowing about the Enneagram, using it, I guess how you use this information? Like how do you apply it? How has it changed your life? So I am a nine on the Enneagram and one of the kind of core pieces about the nine is an an avoidance of conflict. And so for me, that was something that I didn't really even think about too much before the Enneagram because I was so like unaware, unaware, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like looking at yourself with a non-judgmental lens. And so if you can even have this image of like, you're going up in a balcony and you're looking down at yourself, what are you observing? What are you seeing? So I think that's a huge part of like learning and discerning what your number is. We would like to introduce you to Enneagram 9, Matt. Gemini Sun, Pisces Moon, Unknown Rising. And so when I'm feeling anxious or stressed because of a conflict scenario, like how do I navigate that better? How do I do conflict well? What are my coping strategies? And over time I've come to realize that like actually for me, working through the conflict yeah it's not the most fun process but like it can lead to a greater peace on the other side which is ultimately as a nine like what i'm seeking after like i'm seeking after peaceful environment calming environment both like around me and within me so that's my motivation and so that's like monica was saying like part of it is like your motivation like my motivation is to to be peaceful to be calm to feel that And so I can't just ignore the conflicts or else that will continue to like cause unrest within me, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's a long way of, in a specific way of saying like how it's benefited me is being able to come into more self-awareness. So another aspect is like self-forgetfulness. So I find that for myself oftentimes, like with even my opinions, like what do I actually believe? What are my stances on political issues? I mean, some things are very clear, but 
opinions on like in decision making like I can be very indecisive and it's usually because I it's kind of like a well know if I really care here and so a growth is to actually make my opinions to be known so in an Enneagram language every number kind of has like a childhood wound or childhood message that kind of is like really deep-seated and that kind of influences a lot of things so the message for the nine is that my presence doesn't matter and so I see that playing out in a lot of different ways in my personal life and my work life and that's something that I have to actively tell myself is that my presence does matter and that my contributions matter my opinions matter uh, people want to know them because my immediate default is people don't want to know they mm. don't care what I have to say that you know what I mean so mm. I have to kind of fight that messaging that I've that's always kind right, of the conditioning. been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're typically called, like, each one has, you know, one word kind of a thing that's supposed to, like, encompass all of it. So they can be thought of as the sloth and all things that that would mean, right? Like, slow, lazy, I mean... Well, and it's, well, and it's too, it's more like... Not, I'm not saying, I mean, it, that's it just, it's sloth, the, that's not saying... Well, it, and it can manifest in physical laziness, but it's also like a laziness about, like, it's, an, it's a laziness about life. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes they say, like, if the nine isn't careful, they could, like, sleep through life. So, mm -hmm. like, I've never been someone to, like, think very futuristically, like... Another thing about the numbers is that they each mm. have kind of like an orientation to time and nines tend to be more past oriented. It's very easy for me to, to be reminiscent of the past or even to just be in the present. It's much harder for me to think about the future mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what that looks like. So you tend to be very nostalgic. Yeah, about, I am. I'm very history focused. So past orientation. Mm -hmm. Nines also have a very so part of the indecisiveness is that they can see both sides or all sides of things very clearly mm -hmm. so sometimes it's very easy for me to be convinced of like both positions on something because i'm like depending upon how someone presents it i'm like oh well they make a lot of sense <laughs> I have to really try to figure out what do I actually believe on about something, not mm -hmm. just what they believe. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. to frame it a little more positively, too, I think the nines are also known or labeled as the peacemakers. The peacemaker, yeah. yeah. So everyone needs a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. You know, peacemakers are good for the room, generally. So those are some of the assets, too, that it brings to particular in, in circumstances where there's a lot of tensions and you know heated debates it's good to have a peacemaker and mm -hmm. so th those are just ways to frame it positively yeah, it's always awesome like being in spaces with matt i feel like because i just feel like he's gonna tend to want what other people like he has his own idea, but he's not going to just be, like, so stubborn about it or something like that other people can be. Like, mm -hmm. if he's like, oh, what do you want? Okay, you know, like, he'll go with the flow. And I think that's a really good quality, something everyone needs some of, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the downsides are when you tell someone 
your number Mm -hmm. depending upon their level of knowledge of the enneagram they could judge you like because they might have an idea of whether like maybe it's an ill-informed idea of like what a nine is like or what you know like any of the numbers so you're automatically kind of from an outsider perspective like put into a box you can be so i think that's important when people teach the enneagram when they talk about the enneagram like it's like it's a responsibility to also help them to understand like this isn't something that you go around and like say well i think i think such and such person there i think there are two and here's why it's not a gossipy type thing it's a very personal thing and so i think that's maybe some of the downsides i've seen and it's as much something that i have to be accountable to as well like it's in our human nature to simplify things but it's not always that simple Hmm. so there's this concept of the wings Mm, of the wings and there's this other like stress and security which i've heard is sort of the old school way of seeing that concept that you're supposed to be thinking about it not as like stress this is bad and secure is good but more as two places where you can access various resources from energy from the different energy numbers yeah. that comes but i think i'm living in a nine space a lot though as you're talking about it hmm. who i am like who i was created to be is like you know i'm, I'm i resonate with the three which their one word descriptor is achiever yeah we're really all about accomplishing things and um a lot of threes have done a lot of really amazing stuff in the world i mean changing it up and they're really task oriented but they can also be who the room wants them to be very chameleon style so you can like you know be in one space and everyone's all professional with their suit and ties and you will like suit up and talk the talk and do what makes you stand out in that space and then you go to another one they're all like laid back and in their you know athletic workout gear and like you know you do that too so you can be an imposter a little bit and you can put on a lot of like inauthentic realities that almost confuses your own identity we would like to introduce you to enneagram 3 monica taurus sun pisces moon maybe scorpio rising yeah you reframe almost everything to be good so one thing about me that i've had this question over and over and over in like social settings let's just break the ice with like embarrassing moments these types of things i can to this day not tell you one embarrassing moment like i just i can't and that's because i reframe it to be a good thing or like I just I can't deal with that I guess I think 
in some ways it's like a hamster wheel kind of living, you know, you're just kind of exhausted trying to keep up with things that you yourself feel like you need to do. And that can tend to make me less relational and more like task oriented in the workplace. But, you know, I feel like I've been able to make a lot of advancement with the resources that I have, the education that I have, supervising, growing departments, budget, earning grants, like all of these things I think are a product of the fact that I am a three, but I think it's also a little bit exhausting, you know, at times, putting on different masks and just like, not really sitting with who I am, you know, who is who uh, is Monica really, you know? And so my lost or like childhood message is I am basically love for what I can do. So you can see mm. how that would be just kind of a never ending cycle. Yeah, and I think emotions are also like really a struggle, like the way um, I deal with feelings, because I feel like they slow me down so i often will kind of like have an issue and then just like put it on the shelf because i got to keep going gotta keep pumping gotta keep doing something else comes so it's a little bit conflict avoidant but it's more in a different motive they're roadblocks that kind of keep me from doing certain things mm -hmm. it's been really a nice revelation for me to understand that I'm not just like doing all this just because but this is like part of you know the fabric mm -hmm. who I am. I am a seven also known as the Epicurean I believe so or the enthusiast. I like the enthusiast. I don't even know it's Epicurean. What is Epicurean? I think it's supposed to be some old school. Yeah. Anyway, clearly lots of reactions. Um, <laughs> let's just leave it as the enthusiast. So uh, the main mantra is avoidance of pain and that pain could be physical, emotional, spiritual, you name it. So you frame your life so that you never have to experience pain. So sometimes a lot of sevens could perhaps look like achievers, but really the motivation, because it all goes back to the motivation that we talked mm -hmm. about, is avoidance of pain. So that's why those sort of energies get confused where a seven could look like a three, like Monica, mm -hmm. but really our motivations are very different. The threes want the achievement the sevens are just not looking for a nice setup so they don't ever have to experience pain. We would like to introduce you to Enneagram 7, Dr. Jorge, Aries Sun, Pisces Moon, maybe Cancer Rising. They do tend to be future oriented as well, so our lives tend to be framed within the idea of what's next so often having difficulties enjoying the moment sevens tend to hype things up um, because the future is so appealing because technically the future is always better right because you're framing it so you don't ever have to be in a circumstance that you have to suffer pain so a lot of the times the anticipation the build-up is what gives you sort of that adrenaline rush of life so seven tend to be lovers of life, uh, very excited about what's ahead, but often struggle to reflect on the past. So very polar opposite of a nine 
who's more past center sevens often completely forget the past or actually even intentionally discard memories that may evoke any feeling of pain so very terrible about going back to the past but great about planning ahead yeah that's the main premise wings of course the adjacent numbers eight or six i tend to be a seven with more of a six wing which very quickly about the six they tend to be very fear oriented so anything that is fear inducing you know you want to avoid that so because i have a heavy six wing i tend to be a little bit more cautious not as quote unquote wild as some sevens that you might meet that tend to be a little bit more um free-spirited i don't tend to be like that because i'm a little bit more i guess on the cautious end what is it not the original sin or yes love for sevens is, yeah or like uh, deadly centers deadly sin there you go that's so that's what i was trying to for is uh gluttony because sevens are obsessed with excess of all kinds and gluttony doesn't have to be with like the literal uh gluttony of being uh you know eating a lot but it could be excess of experiences so like a lot of sevens tend to be stereotyped as like gamblers Mm. Uh, even though i myself don't identify with it but you know there's differences or excess of a good time excess of alcohol whatever might be don't sevens isn't it stereotypically more have issues more with addiction correct Mm -hmm. because of the whole excess and the adrenaline rush yeah they're all very interesting you know i was very interested in having this conversation with you guys because i know that it's been a part of your work worlds your life worlds mm-hmm. from visiting you and mm-hmm. knowing you at baylor mm-hmm. i learned about the enneagram through some strange like um, retired nun mm-hmm. in southern california and similarly to how you're describing kind of oral tradition and storytelling she did a similar series, but I just happened to like pop in on one session or maybe like two. Mm-hmm. So I had a very like surface understanding or knowledge of it. She told me what my number was, but I don't know if that's the way that it works or how it is. I do mm. identify with parts of it. I don't know if you guys with your extensive knowledge of the numbers have me pegged for a particular number. Well, technically, you're not supposed to um, Give share to your assessment of the person because then you're also imposing that bias on the person. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of on the fence, which people tend to be when they're exploring the Enneagram because there are a lot of similarities and overlapping elements mm-hmm. from number to number, you want to make sure that the person reflects on those numbers so they really have a good sense of who they are. It kind of works more so through a process of elimination. Mm. So the best way to really do it is by hearing all of the numbers, numbers, which you have to be very patient. And then immediately you know which ones you're not. You know, mm-hmm. it's very easy to rule out. Like I know, I know for sure that I'm not a five. So that was very easy for me to rule out. I knew for sure that I wasn't a four very easy to rule out but i wasn't sure if i were a one or a three Mm. or a seven so you do draw from energy from those numbers so that's why sometimes you might be a little bit convinced that you're a number that you're not so if i tell you for example of a number that you may have suspicions that you are you're more than likely to believe that you are that number even though you're not because Mm. i'm an expert right quote unquote 
Sure. But I'm really just imposing my bias. So you gotta be patient and kind of let the process of discerning to have a really good understanding of your number. And, and it's hard too because we would, I mean, we know you better than most, but like most people would be making their judgments off of personality traits. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. When the Enneagram is all about motivation. motivation. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a dangerous game to be like, oh, you're probably a such and such number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. You know your motivations better than anybody else. But people that know you can help you kind of rule out things that perhaps are not as clear uniquely about your essence, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is helpful to have someone who knows you really well to walk you through it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's up to you. And I will say, I think there are different ways that you can come, like, obviously, are resources that you can read. But I think we've done that work by also by going to trainings and, and like, Mm -hmm. hearing it. So I think... You've done the combination. Right. And there are tons of podcasts out there Mm -hmm. now that I think sometimes when you hear it, things can just click in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think it gives you language to name or describe things about you that you have known but you never really had the words for it i think it's a good tool for relationship building whether romantic relationships or work relationships or friendships i think it helps you understand not only you but where other people are coming from so sometimes when you understand people's motivations you're you're better able to understand their actions and not all actions even though when they may appear to be selfish or malicious they're just coming out of a place of again your motivations which they could be from fear or other inner drives that that lead us to doing certain things so i think it's just a really good tool for not only understanding yourself but also understanding where others are coming from Mm -hmm. It's a pro and a con. I mean, I think there's certain inventories like the Strengths Finder, for example, that will like pump you up and you know that you're like, I'm a communicator, whatever, woo. harmony, I'm a woo, like all these things that like, you're just like, all right, I'm awesome. But the Enneagram is really very affirming at times. I mean, not only do you feel affirmed and like, whoa, there are other people like me out there and, you know, you have this new language, but it's also really challenging. It's really eye-opening to all of a sudden be like, whoa, I am a chameleon at times. Like, why do I have to put on that persona you know what I mean that's my thing but I think they all have something where you're like okay I've got something to work on but I'm also really proud of this part of who I am you know so if you're looking to um, understand more of who you are feel uh, this confidence about you but then also like trying to improve i think the enneagram is a great tool for that yeah it definitely i think there it it takes a really strong amount of self-reflection and so if you're not in a place to be doing self-reflective work you might not be able to get into it right away because you have to work for it 
and it's not just as simple at least it shouldn't be as simple as spitting out you know some things after taking an assessment and so i think that because of that you honor it a little bit more because you've put in some work to have those revelations and then when jorge was talking i was thinking about in knowing other people's numbers it helps you understand them but it also helps you build empathy Mm. for like where they're coming from and so that doesn't give that person whoever that is in in your life like that doesn't give them an easy pass but at least it helps you to understand why they're doing what they're doing Um, and then you can help like them recognize those patterns so that hopefully in the future that can be something that they're aware of and could do differently it's not meant to be in like a punitive thing but it's it's really meant to be from this place of let's be better humans um, and let's treat each other better I think that's a great note to end on Mm-hmm. Let's treat each other better, guys. That's right. Why not? F Club. <laughs> People are like, what is that? That's another episode also. <laughs> Space Court. Space Court.